Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to an, a conversation with attorney Todd Collender. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Thursday, May 11th in the year 2023. Tonight we have a very special guest, somebody I have wanted to get on the show for a long time, and just an incredible person and an amazing attorney, attorney Todd Collender. Now, if you don't know him, you will know him after tonight, but he has been on the cutting edge of fighting for this vax and what it's doing to people, as well as leading some amazing initiatives, including the writ regarding the oath of office, which I read just a couple of nights ago. Uh, Patriots, one thing that is absolutely certain right now is we are dealing with a highly stressful environment intended to wear you down break down your will, make you compliant to these Luciferian, deep state, pedophile, pedophile psychopaths. And one of the things you need to do is to make sure you maintain the strength in your health. That only comes about through good overall body fitness, body diet, and taking the right supplements. One of those, which I'm very happy to talk about and I take every day, is Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a product that is made right here in the United States. Its headquarters is in Texas, and it is a completely organic whole food supplement. In fact, there's 12 whole foods that compose this supplement, plus they have a few other things in there, like blue-green algae and other things to help boost specific aspects of your whole body. It's a great product. Like I said, I take it every morning. I start my morning with it before I do my, my stretch and workouts, and it's incredible what it does and how it makes you feel. It, it has antioxidants, it boosts immunity, it's completely organic, it supports healthy metabolisms, and it's a great source of vitamins and minerals. You can get all this by going to fieldofgreens.com, use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, B-A-R-D-S, and you're going to get 15% off. And then you can sign up for the monthly subscription, which will give you an additional 10%, which you can cancel that at any time, suspend it, so you're not obligated, but it's a great way to get 25% off on this product. I'm telling you, there's. I'm pretty cautious about products like this. And what makes me super energized about this is it's completely whole food, and it really does make a difference in the way you feel in your health. And that's ultimately how God wants us to be anyway, driven, driven by whole food supplements into our body to help our body work better. So again, fieldofgreens.com. Use your promo code BARDS, 15% off. And then if you sign up for the subscription, you get an additional 10% off. And you'll find that link below every podcast, fieldofgreens.com. Check it out. All right, so Patriots, today is a crazy day, as we know. It's, well, more than crazy because our whole country is being invaded and the rest of the country is, seems to be more interested in things like, oh, I don't know, like the Hunter Biden laptop or, or something like that, that the same congressmen that are allowing the border to be penetrated and flooded are keeping you distracted by supposedly getting rid of Joe Biden, that same Joe Biden that is being supported by the Democrats to get rid of him because he's affecting their poll numbers. 
<laughs> it's the uniparty at action in the best. But then again, there's also these other incredible news stories today, like President Trump went on CNN. Yeah, that one. That, that one that's changed the world, you know? This just gets insane to me because there's real issues going on and no one's really focusing in on the real meat. Now, tonight, we have what I consider to be one of the great attorneys of our time is Todd Callender, and he's really going to dig into some issues. And, and also, there's some things I want you to listen to because he's going to give some strategies here on how to start working even in your local states and counties to get rid of some of these dirtbags. And we need to. It's either that or we're literally going to be like grabbing our arms and going to war. But this in this all ties into these people not doing their job and allowing for this invasion to happen, which is ultimately going to corrupt our world and our country. And we're at a cusp right now where we have to decide not only whom we're going to serve, but what do you value so much you're willing to sacrifice everything to defend? The call is now for our nation. And people like Todd Callender are out here fighting in the legal realm and putting it all on the line. And it's important that we listen and understand what that means, all the things that he's going to provide tonight for some greater insights into the greater battle and fight. And then we need to be calibrating that in each of our lives of how we can continue to wage that war locally and as we watch our country dismantled from within by traitors who have sold their soul to the master of money or promises of power. And that's that's unfortunately the, the brutal truth. Now, Patriots, one last thing as we as we move before we move into the show, make sure right now you're doing all you can to keep your secure aspects of food in place. This is going to be a war on food. As you heard from Michael Yon last night, if you've heard from myself, you've heard from Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers, they're literally affecting food supplies intentionally to break down this public and make them weak. And one of those things is to get long-term storage for emergency food supplies, which come from great places like My Patriot Supply. Patriots, with all the danger out there in today's world, many Americans are concerned about the very real possibility of prolonged food shortages. That's why I urge everyone to secure a supply of long-term emergency food while you still can. And I highly recommend you choose My Patriot Supply as your supplier. They're the nation's largest preparedness company. And right now, they're offering a special deal when you buy their three-month emergency food kit, which lasts up to 25 years in storage. With each kit you order, you'll receive a bonus package of crucial survival gear worth over $200 for free. The three-month emergency food kit guarantees your family will have peace of mind during a disaster and the survival gear will help you be even more prepared. The kit includes breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks with over 2,000 calories a day. Best of all, this food is tasty. Your whole family will love it. To get your emergency food and your free survival gear worth over $200, go to preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. Patriots, there's no time to waste. All right, Patriots, so without further ado, allow me to introduce to you attorney Todd Callender. I'm actually a Colorado lawyer, but live in uh, the Caribbean, as I, as I put it, practice international law, really is what I do for a living. But I, I sue our government for fun. Um, so I filed the first lawsuit <laughs> against the DOD in August of 2021. And then, of course, this writ quo warranto we filed. My case is still alive, by the way, and it's 
the big issue there, the threshold issue, and the only reason it's alive is because I alleged from day one that these shots turn people into a new species and um, that would be owned by the patent holders and you can't own people. It's in violation of the 13th Amendment. So the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals will not rule on our case because to do so um, will certainly piss one side or the other off. There's no good answer. So they're stuck. Patriots, I have been looking forward to this interview that we have today, and this is with Attorney Todd Callender, which you all know. And at this point, he is literally legend in his cases that he's filing to, quite frankly, save humanity and bring these criminals to justice. So it's really an honor to have him on the show today. Todd, good morning. How are you? The honor is mine, Scott, really. Thank you. I'm just really chuffed to be here. and Thank you for getting up early for me. Oh, absolutely. Todd, why don't you just give a little background for the audience? I think it's interesting because I've seen a lot of your interviews, and, I, and I'd like to just get a little background on you in context and sure. what brought you to where you are. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm outside the United States, been practicing law and international law in particular for 28 years or so. I started off undoing the Soviet model economy in Poland right after the Russians left, followed by a three-year stint in Cuba. I was actually the first licensee uh, from the U.S. government allowed to do business with an enemy nation. Um, back in those days, it was the, the mid-1990s, and I was there because I was managing I was overseeing a clinical field trial for my family's needle-free mass vaccination device. So I had occasion to do business with all the very same monsters trying to kill um, 7 billion people at this very moment. In fact, I even brought the WHO into Cuba, if you can imagine that. Um, and so, you know, years go by, I'm, I'm doing other business. I happen to be a CEO of an insurance group, uh, but fighting the good fight in so much that outside the United States, the Organization for Economic and Cooperative Development, the one world government already exists. Um, and so we've done our very best to slow all that down and alert nations to the, the end game, which is the agenda for the 21st century with three primary goals, the elimination of sovereignty. We're watching that happen now as the borders uh, implode. The elimination of private property rights, most would call that communism. And lastly, a 7 billion uh, reduction in the world's population, 7 billion people they want dead. So um, when the uh, Secretary of Defense said we're going to uh, put this experimental mRNA gene therapy shot into the arms of 1.4 million service members, uh, I couldn't stand by because I already knew what was happening. And my family tests these things, so I knew exactly that uh, what was going to go wrong. Um, all of the test animals died in these mRNA uh, trials. And so I filed suit trying to stop them and uh, naively believed that if we just showed the DOJ, uh, you know, who represents the DOD, HHS and FDA, we just show them that these are dangerous. It's a big mistake. Stop um, that they would do so. And, and to the contrary, we're still litigating with them. <laughs> Our case is Robert V. Austin. It's in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals and the threshold issue before the court is whether or not uh, the people that got the shots are now uh, the chattel property, the patent holders, uh, because that's what existing case law says at this moment in time. How was that? Was that a, a quick five-minute one? No, no, it's good. It's really good. Kind of opens the door to a lot of discussions we want to dig into yeah. today. Let's start right where you just ended, which is this ownership by changing of species by this shot. That's yeah. a a powerful, you were the first one to come forward with that and was something that I theorized myself and I'm not trying to uh, like put yeah. myself on your on your plane, but here's sure, of course. I, my background um, allowed me to see a little of these shots from inside the DOD labs. 
And this was oh. all the transhumanist concepts and these nut jobs that work up there that believe right. this is a good thing. So let's talk a little bit about that. That's good. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And a lot of people um, theorized this because it was fairly apparent that these were gene modification shots. They said that. These, these are gene therapies. Not like they hit it. Moderna said we're installing a new operating system. So you were absolutely right. You know, I don't know why people don't believe them when they say these things. In any event, um, from the time I filed the suit, August 23 of 2021, to this very day, we've made these allegations and, the, and none of the Department of Justice, uh, Department of Defense, Health and Human Services, or the FDA have denied it. At no point have they denied it. So there's a case out there that's called Molecular Pathology versus Myriad Genetics. It's a 2013 Supreme Court case on page six, halfway down, starting with the words, it is also. The Supreme Court holds that use of mRNA to effectuate gene modification in a genome um, creates a synthetic genome, and that belongs to the patent holders. So, and, and that holding comes out of a long line of holdings relating to Monsanto and genetic modification. Um, it, this was a plan by our government in 2001. They issued something called the NASA Langley Research Paper on fifth generation warfare, uh, what, what warfare would look like in 2025. And they state on page two that there will be super soldiers called Borg, B-O-R-G. Um, in 2019, the Army commissioned a psychological uh, evaluation of what would happen to soldiers if they found out that they were genetically modified. Um, it contemplates that they would be somebody's property and a new species. Um, same year, we have something called the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act comes into existence. So, And it's not just our government. You find this with the Ministry of Defense in, in England and um, in joint venture with Germany. Um, so this is fifth generation warfare, Scott, that this is genetically modifying people um, for whatever purpose the transhumanists want. Um, but it's interesting to note on, on that point that our health and human services department has a sin bio division that is dedicated to the genetic modification of every plant and animal species on this planet. So this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Not at all. What do you think the their objective is here? I mean, I, I think we can theorize sure. pretty clearly it, it's linking into 2030. Yeah. I, I add to this kind of tail into this is that there was a high expectation of a high level of mortality, which we have seen take a very yes. different form. These have taken more in terms of like globally. I think we're, right now we're looking at something like 20 million roughly that have passed away, but it's in the like a, over a billion that have permanently or been severely damaged by this injection. That's right. This doesn't meet their criteria of mass genocide is that they had originally planned, which was kind yes. of the Georgia Guidestones model. Yes. Well, and, and it's not just the Georgia Guidestone model. Um, that's just a reflection of the 1994 um, Cairo depopulation accords and the 1992 Rio Climate Accords. You know, all of that arises out of a paper that a uh, very urgent paper that Kissinger actually prepared in 1976 saying the world is going to end if we don't depopulate. Um, and, and so in 1980 or so, you have the Georgia Guidestones that reflect all of this. In, in any event, the, the, they're not hiding this. Bill Gates gets up on stage at TED Talks says, if we, really, if we do a really good job of vaccinating people, we can reduce the population by 15% dot, dot, dot. What he means is per year. So um, the short answer to your question is this. You can't have everybody die at once because to do that, 
um, means that there's a lot of bodies laying around and nobody to pick them up. Number two, these these people are Luciferians. You know, understand that the founding document of the United Nations is the Lucifer Trust. That is their god, and we are in the final battle for souls. So they want um, to gather all of the money out of people as they die. So there's a million, I'm sorry, about a billion walking dead right now um, that will spend every last shekel, penny, you know, pound, whatever it is that they have in their health care before they die um, and destroy any wealth that the family may have uh, wanted to pass along. Um, and then on top of that, this is a weapons platform. It's a, it's a test. So if you look at, for instance, the um, six-month post-marketing study that Pfizer did, it was released as a court order from Judicial Watch's FOIA um, litigation. You will find that there are 1,291 serious adverse events of special interest. It would have taken years to prepare to find all of those tests, to diagnose those. So this is a, this is a weapons platform. It's training it's destruction, it's economic, it's all of those things in furtherance of the goals that, that were outlined in the agenda for the 21st century, now collectively called Agenda 2030. Wow, that's something. Agenda 2030 is interesting, too, because it's been rebranded about two or three times. Yeah. And a lot of that, in, from my assessment, is that they're, they weren't in uh, ready yet or didn't have the technologies yeah. matured enough yet to make it accomplished with their goals. Was that, was that I fair? think you're right. Okay. Yeah. Todd, where do you see 5G coming into this, or do you? Well, it does. For sure it does. So, you know, we've got a, a fairly big team of people that do nothing but research this and get word out. And we found a, an example, a, a specimen, if you will, from a friend of ours that actually uh, kept the remnants of the, the shots. And we put that through mass spectrometry, amongst other things, which, by the way, has been entered into evidence um, and we found 99 pages of toxic contents that include cesium-137. That's a radioactive material that binds to living tissue, turns it into a transmitter transducer, um, effectively a cloud computing node. So there is this, um, this element of communication of cellular changes and function even computation inside of the people that took the shots. That's why you see them showing up with a 16-digit MAC address. So in the military study, uh, the study number is C459-1001. You can see it for yourself. The military FDA and uh, Pfizer used something called an in-touch ePCR device where they were reading in real time molecular changes happening inside of the people, the victims, 44,000 of them and their families. Um, and then offshoring that information to Israel. So they proved the concept that they could electronically read the debits and credits of carbon or anything they, else they wanted to inside of a human body utilizing EMF radiation. Part two to that, so that's your cell phone towers, right? That's 5G. Mm -hmm. um, part two of that is it's a weapons platform. Uh, we know the 60 gigahertz signal absorbs oxygen. They can asphyxiate people remotely. We saw that happen in Wuhan when 10,000 5G transmitters were turned on Halloween night, 2019. Um, and then really lastly, there it's a, a second part of a weapons device. We found that inside of these lipid nanoparticles in the shots, um, including the one we studied and found that uh, the cesium 137 there is Ebola and Marburg staphylococcus and various other cocktails of pathogens. Um, that are stored inside these little bombers they call lipid nanoparticles, which can be remotely opened with an 18 gigahertz signal. Uh, in fact, if it's blasted three times for one minute each, it causes the lipid nanoparticles to swell and spill their contents. 
So you have this campaign of injecting people with Lord knows what, but clearly lipid nanoparticles. We know that much with various toxins. Um, and I think we are coming to a head. You've got 700,000 people on the border um, who are largely unvaxxed coming across the United States as, as, as replacement migration, amongst other things. You've got uh, 5G installed uh, across the United States and certainly in every public building. It's, it's everywhere and particularly military bases. You've got um, you know, millions of Americans that have, that have received the shots. And even if they're not sick now, they will be. Um, and when they turn on the 5G uh, system right now, it, it's working only in so much that uh, it, it has a signal, but there is no extra speed or anything right? that people are testing it. And it's coming out the 4G is actually faster. So it's it's really there, I think, for the culmination of the, the end game. Right. It's uh, Ordo ab cow order from chaos. And, and that's what's going to happen. This invasion is really interesting in the sense of the, how they put all this orchestration together because they've kept people so off foot in this whole thing from the shot to the transgender uh, agendas to the various policies yeah. being passed. Everything's pretty much in chaos. Do you think the center of gravity is the replacement strategy or is that the outcome and the center of gravity for their movement was the injection to get people um, in the place where they could control them? All of the above. Okay. Right, including the dioxin spill that you saw happen in Ohio. It's interesting from a legal perspective. There's something called CERCLA, uh, which came out of the, I guess it was the late 80s. And some people call it Superfund, where you know if there's any toxin found on your property, the government can just seize it and say thank you very much. Um, notably, something called the Build Act came in shortly thereafter that allows any government agency to come in and take your property. So we're seeing that in Ohio where people are having their property taken by the government because it's now got dioxin on it. And they're welcoming them into Cleveland, Ohio, which is the first 15-minute city in the United States. So it's all of those things you described and more. Um, and it's not like, you know, this it hasn't been told to us. They wrote all of this down. Study it for yourselves. If you, it's just clearly you have, Scott. But I mean, it, it, just take a little time. You'll see where this all goes. My question to you, actually, it's fun to ask you. Um, what is your vision of these people coming across the border? Do you repel them or do you turn them into Americans? Because at the end of the day, humanity itself is under attack. They, their mission is to either genetically modify or make extinct every single homo sapien on the planet. Well, it's interesting what you say there, and I'm just to feather into that, because I think what you have to do now is you have to separate. We have the coyotes and we have the sicarios and we have the, the cartel members that are controlling a lot of victims. And so I yeah. think this is where we have to separate those. And quite frankly, if if I was running this program, well, of course it would be, it would definitely be pro-American in a closed border, but that's another subject. But um, the the way that I personally would handle it would be to set up holding camps for the victims and put them through a, a longer right. process of, of indoctrination into the U.S. and 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 screen them. But the yeah. the, the Sicarios, the cartels, all of these uh, these foreign fighters, it'd be a kill capture, and it would be no tolerance to it. I mean, I think that's where we're what we're having to look at now in a very real sense, because this is a it, this is a crucible moment for our nation of whether we're going to be able to survive this. Well, it is. Let's talk a little bit about this case that you mentioned before we started today, where you have filed a case that addresses this modification of the human genome. You say that's in process or it's, it's pending. Is that right? 
Yeah, it is. It's in the Tenth Circuit. It's called Robert v. Austin. And um, we filed a temporary restraining order trying to stop the military mandate. We did succeed in stopping the use of force. And um, in the process of, of this case, you know, again, the threshold issue in front of the court right now is the gene modification aspect and whether or not people can be owned in violation of the 13th Amendment. But there's more to it than that. We had really discovered that Operation Warp Speed was on the books um, from the US DOD from 2016. So, be very clear on this. Our government, uh, the DOD in particular, has been the one behind this genocidal attack on the planet, and they've coordinated it with most every other government uh, on the planet. This is a global event. This is a global extinction plan. Uh, they, you know, Kissinger wrote about it in 1976, and they adopted it in 1994 at the Cairo Depopulation Accord. So we're just in the middle of, of an execution phase of this plan, and our military is in charge of it. So it was really naive of me to think that we'd sue them, they'd stop. Yeah. <laughs> and so if, if this case sits in the Tenth Circuit, do you think they can rule on it? Or it sounds to me like they're, they're kind of in a box. They are in a box. There's no good way to answer the question. We say in, in our pleadings, which you know, we've, never, we've never varied, and the DOJ et al. have never denied this issue, that this is gene modification, and that the, the current law says that those that are modi modified, those genomes that are modified now belong to the patent holders. Well, if, if that is true, we have a new species of, of people out there. Are they protected by law? Do they enjoy human rights? Are they protected by the, the criminal code? For instance, you know, homicide is the unlawful taking of a human life. If these people are not humans, is it unlawful to kill them? You know, do they enjoy freedom? All of those questions would have to be answered if the court rules. Likewise, if they say, no, um, this isn't gene modification and there are no patent rights, um, to, the, to the patent holders, well, then there's billions, if not trillions of dollars in patent uh, law and patents themselves that Gates, amongst others, have filed and prepared the science to actually harness people. You know, going back to the cesium-137 and FTX, that exchange in the Bahamas was designed to trade the carbon debits and credits created by your body. That's what that was all about. And so um, you see where you could earn credits for doing cloud computing as a cloud computing node um, after you've taken the shot. So think about how much commerce, how much money was invested in the outcome um, that people could be owned by the patent holders. So there is no good way. Our, our 13th Amendment says you can't own people. OK, well, then the court is you know, poised to either decide if the people that got the shots are people at all. Imagine the ramifications of this, no matter how they rule. It's incredible. You're right. I mean, this, this is one of these big issues. You hit something earlier with, about the moral issues of soldiers dealing with the idea that they were transitioned into a new species. And what's interesting is when I worked as a representative on the Five Eyes team, which is when I bumped into the transhumanists, this was in 20, 2014. They were already past the technology phase. And their whole discussions yeah. were exactly what you just said. Their whole focus of discussion was how to get society to morally accept the transition to a new species. This has been their objective the entire time, which then again, like you say, moves us all to the bigger moral questions 
of who owns who and what what your actual freedoms are because that that's the circumvention around the principal line in, in the Declaration of Independence that all rights are given to us by our Creator. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and 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 it doesn't. If you look at the Constitution, it, it doesn't say Homo sapiens sapien. It says people. So how do we define people? Right. No, that's really good. So in this latest issue that you or this latest filing you sent to me, which was the writ uh, regarding a um, the oath of office. Can you dig into that a little bit? Yeah. So um, I guess it must be 16 days ago or so we filed a writ quo warranto. It's a very unusual um, piece of law that nobody ever thought that they would need or use. It comes from old England. By what authority you know, do you propose to act? Um, and, and that's the question to all of the cabinet in our, um, in our administration. So one of our researchers, um, having gone through the, the bond claims process in Colorado and discovering that half of the officials in Colorado never had a sworn oath of office, they just didn't bother, um, decided, hey, we're up against you know, Lloyd Austin. Let's see if he's got an oath of office. She FOIA'd both that and also whether he was registered as a foreign agent under FARA, the Foreign um, Agent Registration Act, because he had dealings in, um, and, and money uh, issues, enterprises with foreign companies. So you theoretically have to register there as a foreign agent. And he hadn't. And so the, the, the DOD for nine months was kicking around, you know, reasons why they couldn't produce. They had 30 days to provide us this information and couldn't or wouldn't. So she started uh, doing FOIAs on all of the cabinet, including uh, the quote unquote vice president, and found that every one of them has a defective oath of office, if one at all. The law is really clear on this. 5 U.S.C. 3332, with its companion statute 3331, says that every official must have a, a written oath of office and it must be sworn to in front of a notary. So um, none of them have a notarial attestation, and two of them didn't bother. The Secretary of the Treasury and the Secretary of Transportation <laughs> didn't even bother to do one. And the way that the law reads, um, that means everything they've done is void. They don't enjoy um, any immunity. Everything they've done is a fraud. Um, and you can tell because none of their official acts appear in the Federal Register and, and must do if it's considered to be law. So for the last two years, including uh, Mr. Austin, everything that they've ordered, everything they've done is void as a matter of law. So we served the way the statute reads, we can serve the attorney general or the U.S. attorney. And we chose to serve the U.S. attorney because we already had the attorney general's um, oath of office, which was defective. There was never even an appointment date, much less not notarized as the law requires. Um, so we served the U.S. attorney. As we found out, we, we, you know, we foiled his, too. And he also has a defective oath of office. So, so they have done nothing about this, and now we have to go and petition the um, federal district court in Washington, D.C. If we can find a judge with an effective oath of office, we're looking into that because we don't know. So what I'm saying to you is, is our whole administration is a fraud. This is a facade. right? They're pretending to, to do all this, and people are just going along with the program. You know, we'll leave $80 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan. Sure. I mean, it's, it's insane. It is. Absolutely. There's a lot of distrust in the system, and rightfully so. And so I, if you could frame a little bit, you're driving forward here on a legal battle that's ferocious. 
though it, it doesn't have uh, the, the Rambo uh, visuals, but it's equal equally that in terms of the, the actual acts you're doing. I think there's a lot of skepticism that people have in terms of being able to produce real results to the legal process. What's your thoughts on that? That's right. That's exactly right. So you are helping us try our court, our case to the court of public opinion, because at the end of the day, um, Afghanistan and uh, Vietnam and any other you know, place you want to, Iraq, to, to cite to, you cannot govern without the consent of the governed. It's really that simple. And so that's why these people are pretending to hold the office that they do. It's all a big show. And as long as the American people, and by the way, it's in every country, as long as we, the people, uh, right, abdicate that decision-making authority, and we support the system by paying taxes and following their rules, then it is a government, right, for all intents and purposes. And even though there is no color of law associated with this, we are giving it that color of law because we're respecting it when we shouldn't be. So um, I don't know if we're going to get a fair shake in front of the courts. I don't think every judge is bad or, or you know, serving uh, falsely. But enough of them are that our system is completely broke. Our country is bankrupt. They know it. The thieves are in charge. They're stealing as much money as they can through Ukraine and other places. And we're letting them get away with it. So as long as we consent, as long as we abdicate, um, they're in power and they'll keep doing what they're doing. Why wouldn't they? They're getting away with it. You recently have a case or you were part of a case out of Switzerland, I believe, which now is the first of its kind where they arrested one of the ministers, is that correct? Well, they're supposed to. I do not believe there's been any arrest effectuated. There was a guy by the name of Pascal Najati who filed a criminal complaint with his local police against his own president of Switzerland, who was serving as the Minister of Health, on the basis that Pfizer admitted in front of the EU Council that um, that they never tested the, the, whether the shots were safe and effective. And so he effectively alleged a fraud claim and that went up to the attorney general of Switzerland, uh, who I understand has since quashed the case because he was effectively prosecuting or, or investigating anyway the, the president of the country. I think you and I both know that you know, governments are, are not just a facade. They are a tool. They're owned. right? The owners of this world, the ones that own all of the central banks on the planet, save one or make it three, actually. Um, you know, they print money out of thin air and have governments uh, authenticated by borrowing it. It's just a big criminal enterprise. Um, and so the owners use governments and armies and everything else to get their way and keep us prisoners in, in line. This is another case. Do you really think that the attorney general of Switzerland is going to be able to prosecute one of the owner's minions, right? one of their key minions, the president of Switzerland? And so we've come to find that, uh, that that's not going to happen. The same thing happened in Thailand. The king's sister was poisoned by the shots. Uh, are they going to do anything about it? Probably not, because all of those people are selected for those jobs. They're put there on purpose. Right? These elections are a joke. They truly are. And I think that's another big part of this, which you haven't really, you've kind of stayed out of that fight, correct? The Dominion and the other issues as far as vote validation? Yeah, I have been busy doing other stuff, uh, and I've not really wanted to waste too much time on it, um, other than for people to realize that your your votes are just in furtherance of this machine. You're abdicating your responsibility. You're hoping that your vote is going to count. When in reality, we should be forming our own sovereigns. Not long ago, Scott, if you think about it, in the Western United States, there were territories that were becoming states, and they were competing for citizens. 
Russia right now is competing for citizens. There um, are countries in the Caribbean saying, you want a passport? Come and, and put 500000 into a piece of real property and we'll have you. We'll take you. So we have to go back to that. The, the Republic of Texas is a good example. It was uh, recognized by the UK at the same time the United States was forming. Um, people need to go back to forming their own sovereignty, their own countries, because what we thought we had as a government hasn't existed in a very long time. I think that's a huge issue right there. What do you, what do you make of this Russia and China rising of bricks? And only thing I'm saying is, you, which you suggested earlier, is that all the governments have been weaponized. Most, yeah. Are they part of this 2030, or do you see them as a breakaway? No. So this is the this is the good news in this whole thing. You can't have a one world government where there's competition. Right. So Vladimir Putin, uh, while everybody was saber rattling in Ukraine, to, he, he sent his old armor to the west and he sent his Spetsnaz uh, to the east. So um, I don't know if you saw it, but when Kazakhstan was requiring uh, the use of a vaccine passport to access money, the Kazakhs went nuts. They had one firefight and took their country. They took their politicians and doctors and, and whoever else that was involved in this genocide, took them into the streets, beheaded some and burnt their houses down. Um, and that was all supported by, by Putin, who had gone to the WES World Leaders Program. He effectively double-crossed them. He was in the KGB at the time. He was selected for the position he was put in, and he double-crossed them and took Astana. It's, Astana is the new home for the Bank for International Settlements, the owners of this planet. And Vladimir Putin took it. Um, at the same time, he's you know, supported the breakaway states and, um, in Ukraine, and he is observing the Minsk Accords. People don't understand. Ukraine is a territory of Russia. They're not in a war. They're in effectively a police action right now. Um, and, and so you find that Russia is acting like America you know, used to many, many years ago, perhaps when JFK was in office. Um, they're now uh, actually acting honorably and supporting families and tearing apart this one world government idea, including their central bank uh, that they took back from uh, the, the Bank for International Settlements, kicked the IMF out, launched their own gold-backed currency, and now you see other countries joining the BRICS, right? Brazil, Russia, India, China. Competition is a good thing. As long as competition exists, there will not be a one world government. So go, man, go. It's interesting when you look at Russia, because from the point of the fall, which is about 1991, when the Soviet empire began to crumble, yeah, they've had about, well, they've had over 30 years to reset. And yeah. my, my premise is that we're at the beginning of that cycle. We haven't really even hit the 30-year beginning mark yet because we haven't got to the actual collapse, but we're close. And then yeah. it, this is a, a multi-generational fight to restore kind of the values of the nation because Putin has done an amazing job of taking Russia back to the fundamentals of what it is to be Russia, reestablishing some yeah. national pride and everything else. Do you see that same trend here? Yeah, I think we have a chance, frankly, Scott. I think um, Trump, what, what, irrespective of what he did while he was in office, gave us a fighting chance. And I mean us in terms of humanity. You know, the countries and, um, and borders are a wonderful thing, and we have to have them because that's how cultures thrive. Having said all of that, humanity itself is under attack. And that four years that Trump was in office completely derailed this, this um, plan to make humanity extinct, which means that 
we've got the opportunity as Americans to rise up again as Americans. And I think you might have even heard Mr. Trump say it. Uh, and by the way, I'm, I'm relatively agnostic about him. He's good and bad. Um, the, he did say something important. He said, um, I want a strong China. I want a strong Russia. Um, they should compete like us. And I think there's a real chance that that will happen if we can uh, take those people that are coming across the border. Right? They're coming. There's not a lot we can do about it. And follow your idea. It was a really good one. Bring them in and turn them into Americans. Why are they coming here? They're coming here because they want to be Americans. So come be Americans. Adopt our culture. And let's rebuild our country, starting with throwing these gangsters out right, who are pretending to be officials and restoring our republic. That's absolutely true. Well, you have to have some hope, even, and I say this respectively, attorneys are it's one of the most interesting group of people I've ever worked with because you guys can fight anything and always have hope. But in this magnitude of, of a fight, you've got to have some hope for the the restoration of this nation with the level of battles that you're taking on legally. I do, because you know what? There's good people. They're the inside of our government that are still there. Presidents come and go. There are career bureaucrats. You know, they've been there 30 or 40 years in some cases. They're there for a reason. Not all of it is for graft, uh, albeit, you know, sometimes principles have waned. But, it, you know, President Trump did an amazing job of reinstalling um, our, our faith and interest in our nation, our, our nationalism. And that's really what it's about. It, and it, at the end of the day, Scott, this is a God thing. You know, we, we are given another chance here by God himself. And I, I think if we repent, if we um, solve our ills, then we'll be given another chance to, to regain our country and our humanity and, and figure this stuff out for ourselves. This is my... I write with the center of gravity of this entire channel, which is the strength of our faith and our love in our, in our father. Yeah. And as an attorney, that's a very rare, in my experience, that's a very rare position statement to put yourself in, which I mean, I commend you for it, but that puts you pretty much in a pretty select group of people that are willing to come forward and, and place your faith and, and repentance as part of your process. Do you agree? Yeah. Well, since this whole thing started, I think there's all of 100 lawyers on our side Wow. out of, you know, my state's got 26, 27,000 lawyers. I'm talking about 100 lawyers across the U.S. that are on our side for the last three years. So I think your statement's accurate, regrettably. Wow. So common law. One of the things about this writ when I was studying it last night before the show is that takes us back to common law. Yeah. And I think the case in Switzerland was a common law foundation, if I'm not mistaken. Are you explain a little bit about this? Because there is so much convolution in the types of law and way people talk about it. And yet common law seems to be the direction we ultimately need to be going in some fashion. It's true. It's really true. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there, three different groups that I'm aware of that are doing a brilliant job of helping people understand that they've been collateralized since birth and that our government in its current form has really been a corporation for many years, um, created even in advance of the Act of 1871. Uh, and it took on a corporate status. And with that corporate status, um, really a lot of the what we call law in the United States is, is um, statutory and partly equity as much as anything. But our foundations of our government were born of common law, which is born of God's law, natural law. Our Constitution was created out of God and natural law. 
um, sometimes those are those are almost um, simultaneous in in many respects or synonymous, and um, and that was the the underpinnings of our government. And unfortunately, what happens is um, the frailties of man. You know, we're we're prone to these same kinds of things over and over again: greed, money, sex, whatever it is. Um, and, and that's preyed upon by the group of people who own this planet. And it takes a tremendous amount of willpower to overcome that and for people to go back to God. And, and if we don't do that, we're going to end up making the same mistakes over and over again, replacing God with government. And really, I think that's what you're talking about, right? When, when they collateralized people. That's indentured servitude. Some call it peonage. It's hardly any different than genetically modifying them and turning into property, right? The people that are taking their sovereignty back by saying, no, you don't get to use me as collateral, no matter how they do that, is the right course of action because you're taking back your individual sovereignty. And that's what God gave you, right? Free will is your individual sovereignty. So if I, I hope that answered your question. It does. Chris Ann Hall is an interesting, I don't know if you follow her at all. I mean, she's a constitutionalist. She has a very interesting premise, especially with what you just said, which I agree with, which is essentially it has to do with compliance or defiance. The Constitution is the base document of this in the United States. If there's anything that you comply with outside of that, you're complicit in allowing the Constitution to be ignored. Otherwise, follow the Constitution and nothing else matters. Right. And I say that because of your comment about collateralization, which becomes a big issue, especially when we get to birth certificates and the bill of ladings and all these things. The The core issue here is, are you willing to comply? Yeah. And I, th- and I think that what people are missing, and I'm not taking away from these efforts, and there's a lot of good ones to try to establish a breakaway, but the fact is that we've been given everything in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And so I think that we as a people just don't understand those fundamental documents well enough to realize if we're going to follow a a system, that's it, and make sure everyone else adheres to it. And if they don't, start a riot, be blunt. Yeah, so I'll tell you where I I think this all leads to. At at the end of the day, it's the people in uniform, right? How does one establish sovereignty, a a country? You you, You mark out an area uh, amongst people who agree to jointly defend it and to, pr- to participate in a society. You market that area and you defend it. You declare it and you defend it. Um, and that's how it all starts. And the, and the foundational rules that go with that are usually a constitution, unless it's a monarchy. And so we, we have to go back to that very beginning premise. And it goes to who is going to enforce that. Who's going to enforce the Constitution? Who's going to enforce our immigration or protect our borders, as the case may be? And this is really a, a point and a question to people in uniform, whether you're in the military or carrying a badge or a gun. Who do you serve? Did you swear an oath to the Constitution and the American people? Or did you agree to work for Lloyd Austin or Tedros Adnan? You know, somehow or other, our government has become about about individual people, right? Rulers of sorts instead of the Constitution and this notion of living together in a joint defense of a territory. So we really have to get away from that. And you're right. It's as long as we participate, if, if we don't opt out, we're screwed. And as long as law enforcement uh, and military enforce those edicts, those mandates by people who have no authority to issue those, then we're stuck. 
So it's really up to those people that need to understand who do you work for? Because if you work for Tedros Adnan or Lloyd Austin and not the, the U.S. government, meaning the constitutional government, then you're a mercenary. Is, is that what you signed up for? Right. Without law, there's no law enforcement or sorry, without law enforcement, there's no law. Either way, it works. <laughs> That's well said. That brings up a question about the oath, because we always say the oath never dies. And I swore my oath. Yeah. The, here's the legal question. If the oath never dies and the country is facing an imminent invasion, which we are right now, doesn't that give the veteran the obligation yes. to step back into the role of what they serve to protect and defend the United States? It does. And um, believe it or not, there's a statute on this very subject matter. Uh, I think it's Section 688 of uh, the military title. 10, if memory serves, the uh, the point of which is that upon a war or the declaration of a national emergency, people have the ability to self-activate. And I actually provided that very advice to a group of 300 retired generals um, who said, we're going to march back into the Pentagon and, and, and take our country back. And I said, good, here's your authority to go do that. <laughs> Tell me how to help you. The answer to your question is absolutely. That's right. Um, and we are still in a national emergency. So Biden did this little trick where he said, oh, yeah, well, we're no longer in a COVID emergency. However, he extends the national emergency as it related to Ukraine. Um, and by the way, we remain under a public health emergency uh, until August 1, 2025, because they declared a Marburg pandemic already. And that's what's going to be coming, by the way, because they've already declared it. So um, we're already there. All of the legal pretexts that one needs to don their uniform or not um, to defend your country already exists at this very moment. And it goes back to what we were just saying. Who do you serve? Who do you serve? It's, it's, so as far as the mobilization then, I mean, that's what does that look like when you say that a person can reactivate? What it, Legally, what does that look like? What, what legal uh, ROEs, for that matter, the rules of engagement does a person have? Well, let's start with this. Um, given the evidence that we've provided the U.S. attorney, it's now broadly out there, and, and what you've seen in the writ quo Waranto, the way the law reads is you have to go back in time until you find somebody who actually did have a proper oath. My point to the, the general officers is that you all had um, proper oaths. It looks like this uh, defect in oath taking might go back as far as 1964. So they have all the authority they need because their oath is, is effective. Um, and how does that take is a function of leadership um, it takes one person to start dancing, right? And everybody else will come. So um, on the 2nd of June, there's a, an event called the Quebec Military Tribunal. I'm speaking uh, with General Vallelay at that event. And I fully expect him uh, to say more or less fall in on me. Um, it, it may be, I, don't, I hope it's not too late. Let me put it that way. But we, we need to have somebody that stands up and says, okay, this is it, fall in on me. And I I fear that if that doesn't happen here um, with regard to these 72,000, I'm sorry, more than that, 700,000 people coming across the border, um, then maybe it's too late. Um, but like you, I, I'm hopeful that the vast majority of those people are really here trying to become Americans. And, and my hope is that they would pick up arms to defend our country as well. 
It tends to show that way when you with the immigration stats of where they come over and then what they become once they see the opportunities. Right now, I think they're just desperate or they're being trafficked, a lot of them, yeah. which is an, an interesting topic. I'm not trying to beat this to death so much, but let's, let's go to one more part on this oath. Let's say that I stood up and said, I took the oath, which I did, and the documentation was there because it's on file. And I, my role is to protect and defend. My oath never dies. So the question is that if I'm going to be bringing in other people to follow that pathway, there, there needs to be some sort of a discussion and framing legally to say, here's your precedence, here's what it is, and then to be okay. able to agree that this is what we're going to do. That also is reinforced by the second paragraph in the Declaration of Independence, which is that we not only have the right, but the keywords, the obligation, or the duty, excuse me, the duty to throw off despotism. And we are now a, de a despotic government because it's no longer a government of the right. will of the people. So we put those two together and there's, there is an absolute legal framework to do what we're talking about right now. There is. The Constitution is Article 3, Section 3. Uh, from the statutory law that I'm suggesting General Vallee and others rely upon is 10 U.S.C. 688F in particular, um, all of the pretext is, is actually there to recall people. Um, and it's really a function of whether people choose to self-activate or uh, form up their own militias, uh, as the case may be. All of that is lawful and um, is enshrined in the Second Amendment to our Constitution. There is no legal prohibition against that at this moment. It should be happening, as a matter of fact. Let me put it to you this way. Let me put it this way, Scott. What I keep saying to, to people when I ask the question, you know, should I, should I defend my home? Should I defend my state, my whatever the case may be? The answer is this. I would rather be judged by 12 people than carried by six pallbearers. Judged by 12 rather than carried by six. That is my rally cry. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I agree with you totally. That's And that's really what it's going to come down to. And this goes into a principle of self-organizing communities, which is yeah. literally people coming together in cells and starting to deputize work. your citizens. Yes. If you've got the sheriffs, deputize your citizens. If you've got a leader of your National Guard, start calling up the reservists. All the authority is there. That's amazing. It's really amazing. Well, what are the some of the bigger things that you're working on right now? Besides your you've got the writ and then you've got that one case yeah. in you have and you're continuing to fight. You've been calling out Momberg now for almost six months, the fact that it's coming. Longer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There it is. And that that you see as a as a byproduct of the triggering using five G, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, amongst other things. So just put yourself in the shoes of these gangsters. Uh, if your mission is to kill seven billion people. And if, if you're behind schedule, because they have to have this done by 2030, according to their own documents, you know, how do you go about doing that? Um, and so they have all of the tools at their hands. Wouldn't you make sure that supply lines were low? Wouldn't you make sure that, you know, food was more scarce, that fuel was more scarce? Wouldn't you ratchet up tension with um, civil, you know, unrest and, and uh, shootings at, at Walmart? Wouldn't you make sure that there was a flood of people coming across the border threatening your family and your property? Um, wouldn't you ensure that people that had guns were made sick so they couldn't use those guns? Um, wouldn't you make sure that you had an experimental mRNA shot that would finish off the job and, and so scared people would take it if they saw you know, people bleeding out of their eyes on the street? 
all of those things are coming to a head. And I understand it's mid-June is the, is the launch date. I've heard that from various corners, including whistleblowers that we have inside of the government. Um, and the question is whether or not we can stop it. And, and the short answer is, yes, we can. It's up to each and every one of us. We all have the authority and the ability to do this. Don't load the airplane. Don't follow an illegal order. Um, if you're you know, running that train down the track and your, your axle's on fire, stop the train before you have an accident. All of these things are in our power, and if we do those little teeny things, each of us in our life, even papering the hell out of the DOD, which 400,000 service members did, stop the DOD. It's us. Each and every one of us can do one little act, and if we do those things together in, in a cumulative way, we'll stop this. Right? We'll prevent this Marburg nonsense. We'll prevent our country falling into complete disarray. It's up to us. That's really good. One last thing here, and we always close with a prayer. Beautiful. One of the um, questions and we talked about before the show, and it goes back to the, the writ that you just did, and your question to me was, I wonder if your own state officials had an oath. Can you talk a little bit, Todd, about the process of what that requires to, set, to discover that, the discovery process yeah. for that to set up a writ? Sure. First and foremost, ask them, demand it. You find them where they are. Go into your Congress, go into the food store, wherever you find these people and start asking them. They know damn well they don't have a, a real oath of office. They're, they're all pretending. Because you know what? If you did do an oath of office, you would have that framed on your wall and you'd be able to bring it out in seconds, not months. Mm -hmm. Right. So the answer to the question is demand it. And while you demand it, do a Freedom of Information Act request. Each state has what are called sunshine laws. And they have to provide this to you and, and paper all of them. Ask for all of them. Anybody that's in a decision making position, school board on up, must have these oaths. And your state has a statute on this. The federal government is 5 U.S.C. 3332. Each state has their very own and each state requires it in their own way. But start by demanding it of people who are saying that you should have your five-year-old read to by a dude in a banana hammock calling himself Mary. Right? Where is your oath of office? Uh, sheriff, why are you not hauling this guy away? You got to be vocal about these things and, and film it. Film it all and share it everywhere. It really is just a principle of getting people to do the right thing. I mean, that's literally what yeah. we're coming down to because there's been so much compliance across the globe, which is stunning to me. It, yeah. the, and it, it was really something that Kissinger said, that, and I'm gonna paraphrase it, not exactly as he stated it, but essentially once they take the injection, there's nothing they won't do for us. I mean, that's basically what, was, what unfortunately has happened is once they've accepted a vaccine that people- There's good news though. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Scott, I, I really think even in the United States, only 45% of the people took one shot and a small fraction thereafter took more. Um, and what we found in Australia is 60% of the first shot was saline. Uh, I hope that that holds true for the United States and other places. And I think that's one of the reasons we're not seeing the, the ultra high mortality rate we expected people. Um, just they're not going with the program. The silent majority actually really does exist. No, that's fantastic. And that is very encouraging news because the numbers that I've been running with is we had about 99% uh, penetration in the Democrats in this country. Yeah. And we had about uh, 40 to 50% penetration in the conservatives, at least for the first round of shots. And then after that, it dwindles pretty heavily. But your, yeah. o your most obedient masses were definitely the liberals, which is interesting. That was a whole yeah. theory. I, it's, yeah. it's a whole theory about why 
Trump endorsed it, which has to do with sentiment and who took it. I mean, it's a, that's a long story, but I mean, it's it's an interesting. I'd love to hear it, but let me let me be clear on that. You know, I have a hard time reconciling what he did. Uh, I would like to believe uh, that he didn't know or there was a plan because uh, he did a lot of good things. But I have a very hard time reconciling that. Well, I'll just I'll say it very quickly because I shared it last night, and it, and this is just one of these things. It's almost like the Arthur Conan Doyle character Sherlock Holmes that when you put the pieces together, when you come to a conclusion, as a, as preposterous it may be, it's the only if it's the only thing that makes sense. That's yeah. essentially Occam's Razor. Exactly. So the only thing that I say about this, just to kind of you know put this together, he said something very interesting. Two things happened very interesting in the spring of 2020. He gave us all of the cures before we knew what we were dealing with. That's true. HCQ, um, chlorine dioxide, and he also provided light therapy for the blood, which we haven't seen a lot of, but it works. It's a They circulate a very small portion of the blood, expose it to, to ultraviolet light, and then it goes back in the body. After that, he says something very interesting. I'm going to have to make a decision that may cost a lot of lives which I know we never know what that answer is other than he said it. Then we fast forward to Operation Warp Speed, which was we, we've talked a lot about for a lot of different reasons. And that is the idea that he accelerates a program and he puts it under emergency use, which prevents them from mandating. So that's just kind of the framework. But here's what's interesting. When we're looking at the core of the problem of the United States, there is one catalyst group that is constantly the problem group, and that is the liberal, especially the progressive liberal. They have walked away from the Constitution. They believe in this pluralism. They believe they're agnostic and they they are basically outside of the United States and they're driving this engine of disruption. The interesting thing is that they also are the group that have took the highest level of the vax. They're obedient. They're they're part of the hive mind. So this was my this is simply just one of my theories, and I presented it last night, and it's this. Imagine if you were the president. Imagine if you ha- you were advised that there is no way of stopping this injection, which is pretty evident now because it was prepped long before he got into office. Yeah. And they said to you, Mr. President, you're going to have to make a brutal decision. In order to save the country, you're going to have to let those who are willfully participant in wanting to do this take it, and you're going to have to support it because those that support you are going to hate you for it, but you're going to save 60% of your base. Those numbers hold true. You know, all of that makes perfect sense to me, and I would really like to believe that. Where where I have a problem with it is in three rallies after um, he was absolutely informed, because I know the people who did it, he's still up there saying, go get your shots. Well, And I'm not disagreeing with that, and that's an anomaly. Other, other than, than this, that. Because yep. I don't have that. Right. right, right. But, but, hear, but hear me out. I don't have this. I did, I've not had these tools like I used to have, and it's the sentiment analysis tools. The thing is that when he's saying that, he's infuriating his base more. Yeah, he was. He was. He was getting booed for saying it. Right, <laughs> and true. and the reason I I bring this forward is that is that co- sort of reverse psychology effect of saving people by doing exactly opposite of what they think he should be doing. Because the fact of the matter is, there was a chunk of his base regardless, they were going to take it. But if he hadn't provided the shot, they wouldn't have voted for him. And the numbers... There's truth in that. Right? And so the numbers that we get into in November, even though 
this election is obviously stolen, we would not have been able to prove the stolen election had there not been such a landslide in his favor. He needed, they needed every yep. vote. I, I'm one that believes that there's, they had no doubt that it was going to get rigged the way it was, but there's no other way yep. that it would have been able to be exposed. So this is not one of these two, I mean, people get, uh, we I have a lot of discussion about this. It's like you're trying to be an apologist for Trump. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm just looking at facts here. And the facts are that there is a mass group of people, liberals, 99% took the first round of the vax. And unfortunately, they're the ones that are the biggest problem in this nation. And True. the other part of that is let's take your your hopeful st stats. I mean, I am hopeful that it's 60% of it was saline. What that does in the end of the day is it is the truth of this comes out. It is such a humbling moment to realize you were duped and how you are then looking at your own allegiance to your cult differently now. This is a this is a, a thing I think most people are missing in this discussion right now is we're not dealing with politics. We're dealing with a cult. Yeah, that's right. And you have to deprogram the cult. And how do you deprogram the cult? I've been part of one process, one time in my life of deprogramming somebody from a cult. It, it was it was the most grueling session I'd ever been through. And it was literally like it's a round-the-clock session that you have to start talking truth to these people until finally it begins yeah. to unravel. But that's what we're dealing with in the this deep state, which has no party alliance. It's both parties, right? That's right. I mean, but exactly if you right. really look at this group of people that President Trump was offending with his uh, with his support of the vax, they're Christian. Their faith has gotten stronger. They believe in the Constitution. They're strong 2A members, believers. They strongly believe in family. And they have proven to be the true patriots. You only need 3% to overthrow a nation, and we've got about 30 to 40. That's a pretty amazing yeah. positioning. And so, again, I don't know that this is the answer, but I do know that when you start to look at things statistically, and again, it just could be one of these God events where God's just done this, and it's like, there you go. I've saved you all. It's like, good. Yeah. But it, it's an interesting way of looking at the route of where we ended up. And still, as I've said all along, doesn't matter. He still needs to be held accountable for doing it, at least in the conversation in the public opinion, because it has to happen. I think all that's fair. That's completely fair. Yeah. And, and by the way, I prefer to look at it through your lens. I like what you had to say. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I really well, and it's interesting, too, because RFK is going to put some real pressure on this. Uh, he, he is yeah, he so will. out front on this vax thing and it the, between him and president trump there's a there's a lot of interesting discussions to come i foresee but it'll be interesting for sure well i mean it was really interesting that you know there is some notion that baron trump has had some issues from shots yes. and um you know rfk went and had a chat with trump who was receptive who received him and then you know he went from being the, the vaccine czar to persona non grata fairly quickly um, look, everything you said makes a lot of sense to me. And I have to I have to say, I've got a lot of respect for, for Mr. Kennedy. He's been doing the children's health defense thing for many, many years. It's not just, you know, of late. They've done some tremendous legal work. So I, you know, I've got to tip my hat to that fella. And one way or another, he is going to bring a whole lot of new information to this debate. And that's the important part. The fact that we're having it is what's important here. 
And I, I like what you had to say. I agree. I think those are really good thoughts. And I'm, I'm choosing to view this now through your lens. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I mean, it, and it, it's said only in the sense of really looking at this in terms of a Kobayashi Maru, if you're familiar with that scenario in Star Trek. Sure. I mean, it's, sure. it is literally the unwinnable scenario ex unless you hack the system. And that's the key to that phrase. So true. It's, you know, it is so true. All of us, you know, our, our mutual friend, Colonel Chambers, you know, he says, look people in the face, the ones that have been kidnapped, you know, come with me if you want to live, because that's how basic it is. It, it, it's time and repetition and shock to get them out of this state. And I think you're right. All of that. Is it, it has to, but there we go. Well, Todd, where can they find you on the web? I know you have your website. You know, I, I, well, I think, <laughs> I don't know. You keep popping up on their different interviews, so. Yeah, good. Well, um, the, the, the kind of the flagship is VaxChoice, V-A-X-Choice.com. Uh, it has a channel at CloudHub. I'm now the CEO of CloudHub and looking forward to, to bringing that platform to the masses to enjoy things, including instant translation. Uh, and then finally, my law firm is Disabled Rights Advocates. It's a Colorado law firm, and I spend a lot of time at Truth for Health with the good Dr. Vleet and what it is she's doing. So, yeah, I'm kind of spread around a little bit, but um, easy to find. That's awesome. Well, we always close with the prayer, and if it's okay with you, I'll do a prayer. Love it, please. Father God, we just want to thank you for this blessed meeting, and just thank you for Todd Collender. It just is a, such a refreshing um, voice in, in a sea of legal malaise to have somebody who holds you dear and walks with Christ and truly is, is someone who's fighting for the right fight, which is ultimately that which is greater than all of us, which is kingdom. So, Father, we just ask that you'll continue to bless him, bless his family, bless all of his actions, provide the resources necessary. And we just pray that these conversations like we've had today will continue to elevate up people's awareness, open up their hearts, and ultimately turn our eyes to Christ as we move forward in this fight to realize that this fight is greater than us and can only be won through you. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you, brother. Sure appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, I hope to have you on again in the near future. I'll just keep that channel open. And you're always Good. welcome here. That's, All right. That's, that's you awesome. got it. Thanks. Appreciate it, right. Scott. God bless you, man. Thank you, Todd. Have a blessed day. Okay, bye-bye now. Well, Patriots, that was attorney Todd Collender. And it just awesome, uh, awesome individual and really honored to have him on the show and to get a chance to chat with him. He will be back on in the future as we continue to move forward and he continues to have updates on the sorts of things he's done. I do hope you heard his initiatives to look for the oath of office. I think that's a very, very powerful tool that we all should be using at our state level and trying to expose these dirtbags that are running our states into the ground. Just so I highlight this, this isn't exclusive to blue states. I think we tend to do that. Texas Republicans in the Texas House, are there is some up, up there that are voting for or preventing border funding with the Democrats. We, we, we have a corruption in this nation that's phenomenal, just sickening. And at a certain day and time in the future, I do look forward to a point that we can all sit around, break bread, and witness the swinging of ropes. It would be good. I, we might even film it and, and do it on pay-per-view. Because I'll tell you, we, we would probably, we'd probably pay the national debt. I've said this a long time. If you want to know how to fund the military and how to pay off the national debt literally in about three weeks— 
all you have to do is do pay-per-view with tribunals and hangings. And especially when you're going to feature the pedophiles, which like that's 99% of the government, and you offer it to the world and you say, for example, $50 or $100, I swear you'd have whole villages in Africa that don't have anything that would be throwing their money into this thing. I'm telling you, this would be a worldwide event. It'd be fantastic. And then you could imagine like tailgaters at a whole new level, right? You can be out there barbecuing. It's going to be a family event night. It'd be like old time drive-in movies. It'd, it'd be something. I, I, I'm kind of excited about this idea. Make America great again. Bring families together for the picnic. Make America picnic again. There's a good one. Make America picnic again and, and uh, barbecue again. There you go. And it's all around watching pedophiles swing with a rope. Hmm, that'd be pretty good. I'll just leave you with that thought tonight. It's, it's, uh, yeah, there we go. All right, Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Keep your head up and never bow to evil. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly for Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest to wait, but this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor 
we'll light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 